Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. I'm Nick Watson on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we're going to be talking about TV spec scripts. Uh, much like our pilot 101 episode, we want to give a broad overview of what goes into writing a really strong TV spec script with some do's and don'ts uh, for each step of the process. <laughs> All right, first, let's uh, figure out what makes a spec a spec. And I think it's important to start with basically the goal of a spec. What is, uh, Nick, the goal of a spec script? Well, I mean, you got to think about who it's for. Are you writing this um, for consideration for fellowships? Are you writing this hoping to be staffed on a TV show? Are you just kind of writing this as a bit of an exercise? So typically specs are very useful as a training exercise for yourself um, to learn how to write in the voice of the show. Um, and then the most other common thing that it's going to be used for is to submit to all the network fellowships. We're talking about ABC, Disney, NBC, Universal, CBS, Nickelodeon, uh, the WB is also Fox and HBO. Most people are going to do like one spec a year if they're trying that fellowship route and they're, uh, they're kind of putting in for that. But the thing is about stuffing, 99% of showrunners and execs are not going to read specs of existing shows as a stuffing sample. Maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago they would have been. And that was very common. These days, it's all about original samples. You know, that's because people have to know the show and the format in order to be able to judge your individual work through the mask of that spec. You know, there's too much TV these days for everyone to keep up on. So really, when you're writing a spec, it's going to be for fellowships, and it's maybe going to be as a training exercise. Right. I mean, I think it's critical to, at least for me, I think it's important to to really hone down on, on why you should be writing specs. In my mind, as you pointed out, Nick, is, is it is as a tool to practice uh, being a staff writer, right? Because part of why you spec, if you look at what a spec is, it's kind of an exercise in imitation, right? You're trying to imitate something that already exists, albeit within the framing of your own voice. Now, TV shows have formulas and structures repeatable over several episodes, and even your Breaking Bad or your American Crime Story have a set number of acts, beats, and stories. So spec scripts showcase your ability to fit your voice within those constraints. In other words, Spec scripts already show you can deliver a producible hour of television within those specific guidelines, which is, if you think about it, the base requirement for being a staff writer. And in some way, your job as a staff writer will be to write specs. I mean, with WGA meditated pay, hopefully. Writing a spec is your first step to feeling what it is like to be a staff writer. You don't want to get into a room and be given your first script and realize that you only have knowledge of how to write your own story and you've never done this before you want to at least have had a couple of goes at writing someone else's show you know uh, so something to think about there as well is we'll get into picking a specific show in a second but think about what format you want to write for you know is it drama or comedy procedural single cam multi-cam network or cable you know people might be like well should i write a multi-cam comedy because those get the highest ratings should i write premium cable because it's the most artistically revered um for me i think you just write what you watch write what you get excited about write what you would want to work in roughly, uh, you know, and what you think you can write well. There's more detail on that now. Yeah, I mean, we can spend like three, at least I could spend uh, three hours just talking about how to pick a, a, a spec or a show to spec. Um, and in my mind, you know, picking the show to spec is not just an important first step, but it's kind of a vital representation of who you are or want to be as a TV writer. I mean, Nick, you just brought it up. You know, what do I want to watch? What do, you, uh, what do I get excited about? What do I want to work on? And the choice that you're going to make with that spec is 
the core one in a long creative endeavor, right? It's going to be working on this spec for days, weeks, maybe months, from research to development to outlining draft and so on. So making sure you pick the right TV show for you is important. And in my mind, there are a few ways of going about it. Obviously, there's my annual TV spec list, but it's important to note that this list isn't meant as a custom-tailored solution for everyone, obviously, because it's a very popular list, so it's not going to necessarily work for every single person, but it's more of a general outlook as to popularity of shows and, and specs. And therefore, that means what's popular in the competition. So that's only one of many factors to look at. And last year, I created this thing called the, the spec test, which is basically like a PDF guide that gives you like nine questions to figure out if the show you picked is the right one for you. And it's kind of a litmus test of sort that splits questions that are more subjective based on your own relationship and familiarity with the show with more objective factors that are meant to narrow down whatever list you may have. And ended up bringing a few factors that I think are critical to figuring out which show you want to spec, which are recency, popularity, point of view, and serialization. Yeah, I think people do consider a lot about this whole, is it overspec? Is it hot? Is it not? All that kind of stuff. Um, in my opinion, I don't think you should spec a show just because it's quote unquote hot or someone says it's a good idea to spec this show this year. Um, that shouldn't be the only factor that's going into your decision making. You know, you should be doing it because you like the show and you have a good idea for an episode. So there is that consideration as what's likely to be overspec. If there are one million unbreakable Kimmy Schmitz, maybe you don't want to get lost amongst that kind of crowd. But I think you also have to weigh up standing out from the crowd versus what you are most passionate about and you can actually do justice to. You know, prioritize you and what will showcase your writing best over maybe too much trying to second guess and outwit the playing field. I think that the difference between you writing um, a show that you love and you can do really well is going to make more difference in standing out than writing an okay script of one that they receive 10 less copies of, you know? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, you did bring up the numbers game. I think that's part of it. And another part is definitely this idea that it's the middle ground between finding a show that you feel passionate about, but you can still find the flaws in. I think that's that's a key to making good spec in my mind is to understand what works in a show, but also what doesn't work. And maybe that small part of what doesn't work, you can fix in that spec, and that's going to put it above uh, the rest of them. Um, right. There's some element where you're like, I think I can do this thing slightly better than the show is currently doing it. You know, I can prove to them that there's something that they're missing. And if I can deliver on that, people are going to be like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also important to note that usually you don't want to pick a show that uh, you want to work on as a, as a spec. And even though spec will rarely be used as samples these days, historically, that's because the, the showrunner, the staff writer, people working on that show will know their own show intimately more than you do obviously um, so more than likely what they'll be reading and picking out of your script will be the faults right the 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 things that are different from their own episode not really the the core concept of your episode absolutely if you were to submit a spec episode of a show to that show if you wrote the simpsons and submitted it to the simpsons they're going to pick it apart because they know that show in and out and they've tried everything they've done everything so i wouldn't recommend that but as alex said it's not that likely to happen these days. Most shows aren't reading specs to stuff you. Uh, even if they were, sometimes they straight up refuse to read one because they get worried about like legal action. If someone's like, oh, we read your spec, and then you do an episode that's vaguely similar to it, people are like, oh, I'm going to sue you. But if you're just submitting for fellowship, that spec is probably not going to find its way to a showrunner for staffing unless you later get an agent and tell your agent to send that spec to them. 
for me, I still Omar on the side of write what you want and, and don't choose second bests. Right. And before we move on, I forgot to mention that you can get the, the spec test at tv-calling.com slash spec test, or you can just Google TV spec test and it'll come up. All right, so let's uh, dive down into how exactly you write a spec as opposed to an original pilot or anything else. Uh, what's the first step in writing a spec, Alex? Well, the first step is the research phase. And in my mind, that is one of the most important steps. And the reason why is you got to think back to the purpose of what a spec script versus a pilot is, right? You're trying to imitate the voice of a genre and a show. So understanding the, the structural core of your show and the narrative is crucial to passing a, a script as a real fake episode of the show you selected. You know, look at the stories already made, the Bible. There are entire Wikipedias dedicated to the mythology of your show more than likely. Uh, and of course, the structural narrative, including act breaks and formatting. You know, it's 2017, so that means you have access to scripts. If you're in LA, you can go out to the various script libraries. If you're not, there are sources online for scripts. Even if it's just a pilot script that you find, that will be more helpful than nothing at all. And sometimes you can use those to go deeper with the similarities and figuring out what makes a show a show, right? So this may be a little bit too 538, Nate Silvery, statistic, whatever. But you can look at past scripts and figure out how many scenes fall on average per act. Now, that doesn't mean your script will copy that exactly, but it's about understanding the sense of pacing that goes along with it. If you take How to Get Away with Murder on ABC, which is obviously a network procedural, that show has over 70 scenes in an episode. Now, if you compare that to The Affair, which is a serialized show on Showtime, that that show is very slow and lives in the moment, right? So the, the scene pacing is vastly, vastly different. And by definition, your structure of your spec will be very different based on the show you're specking. And your research should give you a tangible idea of how it is different. And the same goes for stories, characters, and Bible. You know, you have access to all these different things, different episodes, right? Don't, don't forget you can rewatch old episodes and you can reverse engineer the break of each episode based on what's filmed, right? That's another way of going about it if you don't have access to scripts. So... You really don't have any excuse to not be aware of what is happening on a macro level as well as on a micro level. Yeah, absolutely. And and do take advantage of reading the scripts and uh, really delving into that research if you can, because you might think you know a show just because you've watched it, but you'd be surprised what you don't realize by reading the script, you know, particularly things that aren't showing up on screen. For example, in the action of a lot of Shondaland shows, there's a lot of editorializing, like, oh my God, she just said that, like, you know, things like that. So, you know, you want to try and match that voice too on the page, not just on the screen. So now that you've figured out the show you want to spec and you've researched it, then the next phase can be more of the brainstorming phase, right? Coming up with ideas for your episode. And finding your episode idea is a lot like finding an idea for a pilot script, right? For me, it comes down to finding something that services the central character dilemmas and what they are going through at the moment the episode takes place. So think about how the writers themselves break the episodes. Now, Greg Berlanti shows like The Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow are famous for first thinking about their characters and their roles before figuring out the villains that best correspond to those thematic elements. Yeah, you don't want to have to warp your characters to suit a story. It wants to be the other way around. So absolutely think back to these established characters' flaws and fears and issues that are fundamentally a part of them and have been set up and find a way that you can put those to the test in the most interesting and original way. You know, find a way to make it so that this time it's personal. This time. <laughs> <laughs> On paper team. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, think of those all those underrepresented elements of the show. It isn't just about having an intellectual exercise to explain this or that plot line, but really a launchpad for your narrative, right? Let, think about those red herrings, those stories that they glossed over or you believe they glossed over. Can you make a plot hole or loose thread a coherent and compelling story in of itself? I think that's one way of, of figuring out a cool story for uh, your spec script, especially because you want to keep it within the narrative of that season, usually. Yeah, so once you've done your research and your brainstorming, I guess the next stage would be outlining, right? Right. I mean, my process of outlining specs is very similar to outlining any other TV script. Uh, the main difference, though, is that I will be using that research phase that we talked about on that show to help me out when filling out that puzzle, right? As mentioned, I think research is key to pre-writing. You know, you want to figure out the structure of your pilot in the same way that you want to figure out the structure of your spec. The difference is that you have a template with a spec script. And there are many subtle opportunities for you to make your spec feel like the original show that you picked. Uh, practically, during my outlining stage, that means I'll be looking at the show's act structure. Um, even some HBO and Netflix shows are broken in with acts sometimes. Uh, and that also means looking at the distribution of scenes between the A, B, C, and runner stories. How much real estate is devoted to the case of the week versus the more mythology runner of the season. And finally, I'll also be looking at the, the character's importance and how they break. Am I more focused on the lead this time around, or is this episode going to be more about the, the B character? And finally, the last stage is drafting, right? Once again, when putting the spec to the page, I try to stay as close to stylistically to the original script as possible. Yeah, I think you should constantly be going back to your source material and checking that the voice of your action matches, that the characters speak like that. Even little stuff like when I was writing a Rick and Morty spec with Kelly, how do they write Rick's burp on the page? Is it in the dialogue? Is it in the action? Do they write burp? Do they say belch? Like Homer's doe is actually annoyed grunt. You know, even stuff like Morty's dialogue, do they repeat his lines and have him stuttering in the dialogue? Or is that a performance choice by Justin Roiland? Like you wouldn't know any of that if you didn't actually read the script. Yeah, same for the slug lines and all those things that don't literally appear on the screen i think it's critical to mimic as close as possible that original script and the same thing goes for dramas right how familiar and informal is the prose i mean i keep going back to the how to get away with murder example that nick brought up in this episode where the prose highlights the emotions that the reader should be feeling as well as kind of signposting the twist and turns within the scene. And that's a vastly, vastly different way of writing than something like Game of Thrones. So really understand the, the intricacies of what goes into the structure and the format of your spec. All right, now let's look at some do's and don'ts of writing specs specifically. And first up, let's talk about story. So when you're looking at a story for your spec episode, you don't want to write a story that fundamentally changes the world or the characters or the concept of the show. You know, your spec should not be the day that Joe Montaigne quits Criminal Minds to become a TV repairman. Oh, uh, I would actually watch that. That sounds like an interesting uh, take. Absolutely, but uh, don't do it for a spec. So don't kill the main characters off or have them encounter these kind of like season awkward, traumatic or life changing events um, because you haven't been able to build up to that and you don't want to change things fundamentally. You know, don't blow up their police station. Especially because um, it, it usually comes out of the blue, right? Like it's something you're building up or it's going to be the, the opening teaser, right? It's mm -hmm. like 
we're in this station and then it blows up for no reason except to generate narrative for the, your spec, which doesn't really make sense. Exactly. If that happened in the show, they would have been building to it all season and it would feel earned. If you're just throwing it in your standalone spec, it absolutely does not feel earned. So yeah, what you want to do is write within the day-to-day confines of the show and how it should operate. Like imagine that you are a staff writer on the show and, and they have to turn out 22 episodes this season. The showrunner turns around and asks you for your ideas for an episode. If what you pitch to them would change every other episode that they were going to do and they've already planned, then it's a bad idea. Also, you don't want to try and write it into a current arc that's happening right now on the TV, because A, that's already going to be over by the time that someone reads your spec or, you know, this is relevant. But you also just don't want to rely heavily on your reader's knowledge of prior storylines and arcs that aren't apparent in the basic premise of the show. You know, this episode should just be an enjoyable standalone for someone who's only vaguely familiar with the show, not a fan service to a diehard that would make no sense to an outsider. That's kind of the whole issue with specs and why they've fallen out of favor is that if people don't know the show or these characters, then the script is kind of useless to them. So you're already battling uphill against people having even a basic knowledge of the premise and characters. Don't make it even harder on yourself. I mean, I'll offer a caveat to that. I think that especially in drama where so many shows nowadays are serialized, you kind of have to fit that spec within the narrative of a mythology or within the narrative of a season. Now, the key, I think, is to make it relevant in of itself, right? It's to make it compelling as an hour of television. And that, I think, is the reason why specs are so difficult to pull off. It's because you want to tread that line between a compelling hour of television whilst maintaining the status quo in of itself, right? Because if you're maintaining the status quo by the end of the episode, then what's the point? What am I? Why am I reading this script? But... Even though you can't, you know you cannot flip the table on the entire show, I think there's ways of specking or coming up with stories that are still compelling and still deal with those serialized elements. Most fellowships will ask you to add a previously on page at the beginning of a spec, and that's usually broad points of the themes or characters you'll be tackling. If you're going to spec how to get away with murder, good luck writing a compelling hour that's just a standalone episode because you got to deal with the soap nature of the show. And the same goes for even Mad Men five years ago. Really, I think that the balance is about figuring out something that's within the status quo while still dealing with an hour of television that needs to be interesting. And that usually means doing things beyond these absurd narrative twists, right? It's about dealing with the core themes of the show. What is a a new dilemma that your hero could be confronted against? Or what are some unexplored emotional or thematic areas that you wish the show would have dealt with when you watched it, right? That's what we keep going back to this idea that you want to pick a show that you care about. And that will make the research phase easier, but that will also make the writing phase much easier because this is your opportunity to have a little bit of wish fulfillment, but not at the expense of the show's core. And a lot of it comes down to point of view. With the spec, you have a predefined arena to explore your own emotional or personal take on certain issues and topic in a way that feels familiar. Now, you could try to push the envelope a little, but it still needs to be within the existing paradigm of the show you choose. There's no good reason for why characters on a network, mainstream procedural, would suddenly start cursing at every in every sentence or commit weird acts unless it specifically fits within your narrative. Otherwise, it's just kind of like a stunty way of going about it that doesn't feel wanted within the narrative. Yeah, and just one more note on changing the world. Don't do a literal crossover episode with another show unless you're deliberately making an effort to create a stunt spec to get people's attention. Next, let's talk about characters. 
So yeah, with characters, you don't want to introduce major new characters or focus on people who aren't the key cast. You know, your episode should utilize the existing characters to your fullest ability in order to show that you can actually write for them and not some character who isn't even in the show. Right. I mean, don't spend your entire spec only dealing with guest stars. The main actors are being paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So do not waste them. Now, that doesn't mean there shouldn't be any new characters. I mean, if you're writing a procedural, then obviously you'll probably have some witnesses and some new, you know, random murderer person. But that just means that they should not be the people driving the story forward. They should not be the focus of your narrative. If you're specking an episode of Castle, we want to see your best episode involving the cast of Castle, not some random person off the street. Exactly. And also don't change who the characters are fundamentally. You know, they should still be recognizable in their personality and also in the voice of their dialogue, as well as just the kind of basic characterization of what they're all about. You know, your your gung-ho, kick-ass, bad cop isn't suddenly a sensitive soul who hates violence. Like, it just wouldn't make any sense. I have a single tear, as always, uh, when that happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is where your your knowledge and your research of the show is critical and kind of comes to fruition is because you have you know the writing and the style of the show, and that includes not making the reader second guess when you're writing that spec that these are indeed the characters from the show they love. If they kind of do double takes in the in some of the dialogue that you write, then that's the red flag right there. Yeah, even if you think that you could write this character better if they were slightly different, don't write them as they exist. You know exactly. And now let's go to the macro side with the the world itself. So with the worlds of this show, you don't want to depart from the usual setting. You know, if it's friends, they're in the apartment and the coffee shop for most of it. Very rarely do they venture outside of that, maybe for a scene or two at most. Uh, In multicams, this is especially important because they literally have those sets standing on a stage and they need to use them for production every week. They might have one reconfigurable, what they call a swing set, but it takes a day or two to prep. So you can't have an episode where... The the crew from Big Bang Theory are suddenly in a hospital and then a library and then a funeral home. You know, you can't fit that into a five or six day comedy shoot. Um, Even single cams tend to stick mostly to the home base, whatever, like the police precinct or something, the interrogation room. And they limit their on location shoots because they're expensive and all other sorts of reasons. So don't suddenly have the entire crew take a road trip to Miami for the episode. I was going to say the the Mad Men episode where Don goes to L.A. would be, in theory, the worst spec ever because it's completely unrepresentative the rest of the show exactly so that would not make sense uh and then breaking bad you don't want walt and jesse to uh go on a road trip to la that'd be that would be interesting actually i would watch that but not, not as a spec yeah and and also speaking of you know world the tone and the realism or lack thereof to a show is, is also important to maintain if it's a gritty realistic cop show you shouldn't have them suddenly cracking a bunch of jokes and everything wraps itself up neatly and no one gets hurt like scooby-doo or something you know if that isn't what would really happen in the show and also don't take sudden dramatic turns in a, a light-hearted multi-cam comedy if they weren't for those meddling kids that would have gotten away with it <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about stunt specs. Uh, I did want to mention stunt specs in this episode since I know there are more than a handful of people listening to this that may want to do one. And by stunt spec, I mean either specking old or dead shows or doing weird crossovers like Riverdale meets The X-Files. I want to see that. I would, I would want to see that, honestly. But it may sound cool in theory, but in practice, stunt specs are truly hit or miss. 
you know, you can go to any panel with any director of any fellowship, and they'll always be bringing up that one stunt spec that works, except they also bring up the fact that stunt specs usually never work. Um, <laughs> and I've personally never seen a winner of a fellowship get picked solely based on a stunt spec. If you look back at any archive in history of any of the fellowships, and you look at the shows they picked to spec, none of them were, you know, this 20-year-old show that has been dead and long and buried, especially over a more traditional one. Yeah, I mean, you always hear those stories of like, well, this guy wrote the Seinfeld 9-11 spec, and now he's stuffed on Family Guy. And like, sure, that happens for maybe like one person every five or 10 years or something. It's very rare that, that that's actually going to get you, certainly through the fellowships, it's not going to work for you. So it's just, if if it's something fun you want to do in your own time, go for it. And I think it's really going to help you more than just like writing solid spec scripts and solid original pilots. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in that Seinfeld example you just gave, it wasn't for the fellowship. Like the guy put it online, it went viral. And I'm sure there's like some push with like representation or what have you yeah. that made it viral. Like it doesn't, it didn't just go viral out of nowhere. So on that level, I think it's another example of why stunt specs don't necessarily work Mm-hmm. as a as a sample or within the paradigm of the fellowships because mm-hmm. that's not what they're meant for. And I did want to wrap up this episode by bringing out Jane Espenson's own 10 commandments of TV spec writing that she wrote once on her blog a long, long time ago. And these are the 10 commandments. Some of them we already mentioned, but some of them we may not have. And the first one is don't spec a show you don't respect. Don't make your spec about a guest character. Focus on the main character. Get sample scripts of produced episodes. Study them. Follow the show's structure exactly. Find a story for your spec that plays on the show's main theme. Don't write an episode that resolves the show's mystery or consummates its romance. Ooh. <laughs> Place the story turns at the act breaks and give us a reason to come back after the commercials. In a comedy, spend time polishing the jokes, especially the last one of each scene. Spelling, formatting, clarity of stage directions. They really matter. And use strong brass brads. I don't know if that last one really applies. Use strong uh, email antivirus. I don't know. (laughs) Use strong attachments on your Gmail. Use strong passwords. Yeah. All right. What are some uh, takeaways for our TV spec episode? So number one, spec episodes are usually written to get into fellowships. Maybe occasionally for staffing and more often as an exercise to learn how to write in the voice of a show. Number two, know the show you're specking intimately, the world, the characters, the engine, and how it is put on the page. Do your research and read the scripts. Mm-hmm. And number three, when writing a spec, stay within the paradigm of the show. Pretend you're a staff writer and deliver what a showrunner would want. A good script that feels like the show and hits all the right beats will always outshine a mediocre stunt spec. And what are some resources for our listeners? Uh, I would like to strongly recommend that everyone takes a visit to the WGA Library on 3rd and Fairfax, right across from the Grove, if you live in L.A. Uh, even if you're visiting L.A., like it's free to walk in, it's free to sit down and read all of this stuff. Uh, they're very nice, very helpful, very welcoming, and there's this, this huge untapped resource of scripts there from all the shows that have been sent over officially, so you can sit there and read them and study them. Especially more recent ones. I think people underestimate how recent their catalog is, but they mm-hmm. have shows from this past season. Yeah, it's not just all, like, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, although that (laughs) stuff is there, and you can find some, like, old stuff that's amazing, but they they contact every show that goes on air, and they're like, can you please send us some scripts? And most of them are happy to oblige. That's great. Uh, And for me, I'll be bringing out two resources. One is the aforementioned spec test PDF that I'll be linking in the show notes, and the other one is this 
post that I wrote a few years ago called 10 Spec Writing Rules and Why You Should Care that goes over some of the things we talked about in this episode in greater detail. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. So as always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Uh, you can get the show notes for the episode at paperteam.co slash 34. And you can uh, leave us reviews, especially on iTunes at paperteam.co, that's co, paperteam.co slash iTunes. All those reviews are going to help us get new listeners, build our community, uh, and make Alex and I feel warm and fuzzy inside. Aww. And as always, I'm on Twitter at TV Calling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts, feedback, opinions, questions about what show to spec, you can definitely send it to ask at paperteam.co. All right. And next week, we're going to be talking about uh, how to make supplemental income, how to get that side hustle on. That sweet, sweet side money. <laughs> we'll see you then. Bye.